Hi everyone and welcome to another digital tourism show. I hope you're all staying well and safe during the lockdowns. In this episode, we have the pleasure of inviting back Kelsey Toner of Be A Better Guide. Now, Kelsey has just released a workshop on how to build virtual tours, but I have my own reservations on virtual tours as I do not see it as being a scheme where businesses can make lots of money from it. Although I do believe virtual tours can be used for good in terms of brand awareness, but also as an add-on to an existing product. So me and Kelsey had a great chat, a great discussion, and why both of us think, uh, in our own opinions, why and why not virtual tours are good for tourism businesses. Uh, at the end of this video, please stay uh, tuned after Kelsey's chat, where I give some of my own additional thoughts on virtual tours and my own opinions on why I think there's only one aspect of virtual tours which I think can help businesses going forward. So stay tuned after the chat with Kelsey and you'll hear my thoughts on that. So again, welcome to the Digital Tourism Show, episode 242. So thanks again for joining us uh, on the Digital Tourism Show, Kelsey. It's uh, been a bit of time since you were last on. So what have you been up to during since we last spoke to you and obviously what's happening with COVID at the moment? So how, how are you getting through that? Sure. Our uh, our small team at Be A Better Guide and uh, Online Tourism Academy has been, been growing. You know, we're still uh, three or four full-time folks, but that's really exciting. You know, we're, we're a young business. We're a scrappy business. We've continued to, yeah, create new online products and services, trying to help out the tourism activity sector uh, as much as we can. So obviously when COVID came along, we did what every good business should do, which is, okay, look at our expenses, our runway, our projections. We knew uh, our business um, was going to be going to be impacted. But then we quickly looked for ways that we could um, serve people, that we could help. And uh, one of the first things that we did, I think within the first couple of weeks, was the virtual tour business summit. And we had it was spread over two days. You you know you participated. We had just incredible number of uh, speakers from around, and just like arrival line and, and others, it was really trying to bring the, the industry together and, and give people you know some guidance. Uh, certainly that sense of camaraderie that hey, like we're all in this uh, in many ways together. Um, so that that was a great success. We we're really happy with, with how it went. But I felt it was a great use of our time. It was non monetized, and we just give it away for free. It's still available on demand. And uh, then we quickly after speaking with our community and audience and a lot of operators out there, we pivoted to helping people who wanted to create online experiences or get into this new virtual tour space. Uh, we have now a step-by-step -step program that kind of helps them do that. And we really dove into the how to do it. And so uh, that's taken up most of our yeah past couple months, but we have now about 200 people in the program and we're yeah just working with them and, um, We'll be eager to share their stories and successes and challenges uh, as we go. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, the summit was great. There's some, some really good content on that. So well done and running that summit. So it's fantastic. So you mentioned there. Yeah, well, we just love like arrival online yeah. and, and all kinds of people who you know are, are doing these things for free, which is just incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned our virtual tours. Um, that's obviously what we're, we're going to dis uh, discuss today. Um, there's a lot of chat going around just now about virtual tours whether it's a good thing a bad thing or somewhere in between is it a hype um, is it a fad is it gonna <laughs> last these are really great questions and you know i think it'll be interesting to explore you know where we come down in this and you know our thinking is evolving on it all the time too mm -hmm. 
Excellent. Well, I think before we, we we dive into it further, I think it's probably good for the listener and the watcher is to give you my take of what I think virtual tours are. Then you can obviously add in what you think and then sort of see where we go from there. So I'm sure it'll be. Uh, I'm sure we'll have our own different views, but certainly the way the, the way I feel about virtual tours is it's uh, it's a good thing if you want to create a little bit more brand awareness about your business, more of a marketing tool um, in terms of that side of things. But I just don't see, unless you are a large company like Wox or something along those sort of lines where you have the resources to create this on mass and possibly um, make some revenue for it, but even at that, the revenue streams I feel would be still quite small. Um, no, time will tell if that would be a success, but I think for um, but again, this is my own opinion, but I think for most operators, mm-hmm. um, it's it's taking away time and uh, and resources from what they could be doing in other aspects of the business. Um, I know that's a, a, a what a lot of a few other people have been saying in terms of, of 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 running virtual tours and creating virtual tours. So, what's your take on virtual tours? No, for me, it's it's nothing more than a distraction. It's a bit of a brand awareness tool, if nothing else. But mm-hmm. how, how do you see virtual tours evolving over time? Yeah, we we really took the hundred foot view on this uh and we're, we're not uh by any stretch saying that hey this is a pair that this is something that everybody should be doing um we we hey we have a community of uh tour and activity businesses and freelance guides from around the world and you know we've we've heard the exact same thing so people always say like look i just i'm creating online experiences uh with no interest in maybe learning all the skills or putting the time energy and effort in and and that's totally fine and and don't let anybody make you feel bad about not pivoting online or not in the same way of following the latest trends whether it's marketing or mm-hmm. you know making tiktok videos to sell your tours uh everybody needs to make that decision personally but i think the perspective that we brought to it was um given how much has changed and for so many tour and activity businesses out there um you need to pivot and you need to serve people in uh, new ways. And I say that not saying that things aren't going to get back to normal, but we're looking at a stretch that is uncertain. And, you know, gosh, I was on one of the workshops this morning and um, the operators were, were chiming in. And I, I I think we've got some really grim days ahead of us. And, and here's, the, here's the thing. Why do I think you should be focusing on pivoting um, trying to come up with new products and services, not even necessarily online. You know, there's so many amazing success stories of uh, operators pivoting to do, you know, the Milwaukee um, food tours, those, those great uh, quarantine at home kits. We saw Saber Seattle pivot to just doing like a Pike's Place, um, almost like a food box delivery that didn't involve online experiences. And then we see a whole host of people who are creating online experiences and finding a way to earn revenue. And so f- for us, it's really just about that cash. Chris, I'm so worried about all the operators who honestly are a little smaller who just um, who just may not make it through this or or just going to have to face the reality of either we're going to come up with a new product and service a way to generate cash in the coming months or you know it's just like a full hibernation and i'm going to have to uh, get another job you know essentially do a part-time gig do something else uh, and for some it might just be walking away entirely so for, for us at the 100 foot view it really boils back down to do you have the revenue, uh, the cash to to survive basically this next uh, period? Yeah, and, and do you think virtual tours is a solution for that? Do you think there'll be enough money 
made in virtual tours for some for, for some business owners and for some tour operators to do that? Yeah, one of the first things we did in our program, and we and we have a, a number of um, free workshops when we're talking about these, is is we really try and shake up people's idea of what an online or virtual tour is. It's it's so new in terms of a category, but most people think of you know, holding a, a selfie stick or something and they're recording themselves and it's their exact tour online. And, and we think that that's just doomed to fail and is, is the wrong way to go about it in so many ways. So first and foremost, I mean, the, the people in our program, um, we, we've created 15 different online product templates that you can choose from. And these are really diverse, like from the food tour boxes that you're sending home to live social events that are, you know, the, the virtual happy hours that we've seen to things that are vehicle-based or scavenger hunt-based that are designed for families and they can go to beautiful look-offs or in your, your neighborhood. Um, it could be pre-recorded content. We, we really want people to sort of branch out and think creatively about those solutions because uh, for a number of reasons. One, it means you can test and validate those ideas. <laughs> we, we have a, a really big emphasis on don't go out and make stuff before you know if a viable product. And so we, we yep. lean heavily. We love Eric Reese and the um, the lean startup and his methodology of really having a minimum viable product. We encourage people through the system that we teach that yeah, you should be doing things like a pre-sale, reaching out and uh, really testing to see if people will actually buy these things, if they'll actually join, um, if they're actually willing to pull out their credit card. Because if not, we really don't want you to be spending uh, two months making something, turning to the world and saying, okay, all that sweat equity work is done by the by my shiny stuff, and then it just doesn't sell. So we're really, um, I would say, conservative in that regard too. That we 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 imagine that people will have multiple failures, multiple tweaks, maybe abandoning entire online experience projects if they're not resonating. True, true, and if anything, um, it's very much how I, I I'm seeing at the moment. A lot of operators should be focusing on content, whether it's written or video content and things like that. And at the end of the day. A virtual tour is literally an extension of video marketing. It's just another way of getting across what you do, your experience, you know, showing your your value in terms of the product that you have. And if it's not, yeah. if, even if you do not make money from it just now, um, which if you do, amazingly, that's amazing. And hopefully the people who are doing this do make some money from it. But if not, then at least it's a brand awareness tool that should hopefully lead people in to maybe buy other products further down the line, uh, if nothing else. So at least you have that content for something in the future. Um, uh, so I suppose there is that aspect. Of yeah, it, you've so. seen uh, the walks walks um you know how they were giving with the purchase of a virtual experience here's a, a coupon code for your next in-person or credit for your next in-person walk experience i absolutely love that i couldn't agree more by the way with uh the notion of using video content uh, a, a big part of what we do in the program is really the how-to for, for many operators uh as much as you've been singing from the rooftops hey you got to get yourself on video hey you got to use the video in your marketing you know that's a big step for, for operators so i'd say at least half of our program is really like well how do you do good lighting? How can I get audio that's decent? Do I need to go out, out and spend two or three grand on, on equipment? And as you know, the answer is no, you don't got to go out and spend that money. But there's some some great techniques that we have in the program that really boil down into the how-to side of it. And, and some and some operators are taking the approach that, yeah, maybe this um, is some some way that I can help our guides, the tour leaders uh, too. And you know, Stephen Odo at Wax certainly had that perspective of like, you know, guides are really at the bottom of the food chain in lots of ways. When you think of furloughs and other things, I mean, they just they're con subcontracted for the most part. Um, they're uh, they're the ones that are in going to be in 
dire straits especially. So uh, we see a lot of freelance guides getting into this, uh, getting into this space as well. And I mean, here, the, the reality is we're working on these case studies now, but you mentioned off the top that, hey, maybe for those bigger companies, something like online experiences or virtual tours could make sense. But I would probably make the case that it's actually the opposite. The, pe the people who are in our program, we are tending to see are more on that long tail. They are the smaller operators. The, they are the ones that, um, you know, they're not all small. We've got, you know, food tour companies that have three and four locations, but on average, you know, they're not the six, seven, you know, million dollar a year tour operators. Then it could actually have, be more impactful because those are the ones that I'm worried about having enough cash to get through an entire season, potentially with almost no revenue. Um, things might turn out more optimistically, but you should really be thinking about that scenario. And, you know, government support uh, these programs, how they trail off, um, it's not going to be there uh, indefinitely. So I think that's what we're seeing. And the people who are getting results, and a great example you asked, so how are you seeing people have success? Uh, Gary uh, Gary Linterns over there in the UK, he did photography tours. Of course, everything shut down. And so he joined our program and then within three days, he'd been kind of mulling this over, but he, he launched his first uh, uh, photography, virtual photography club. And it was, you know, uh, I think 12, I shouldn't quote him. I know he's raised his price, which is why I'm pausing, but I think it was around 15 pounds uh, a month. And he said, well, let's put it out there. And he tested the idea and basically didn't spend a ton of time on it. But drew out okay roughly this could be what this is all about he put it out to his past customers and then within uh 24 hours he had sold out all 30. and so there you've got somebody who just created 800 pounds a month in reoccurring revenue and then within two weeks he launched a virtual astronomy club for the subset of his people that really like um, astronomy things and it was the same thing he saw similar results now these aren't groundbreaking numbers these aren't the panacea these aren't doesn't mean that you're going to be as anywhere near as profitable or maybe even you're, you're still going to have losses but you know when you're talking about having um having sources of revenue at these sorts of times those can be real make or break for people and the difference between getting through and and whether it's keeping food on the table or keeping the bills paid enough to keep the the lights on to start to see the other end of it and and i think that's what's drawing people to our to our program is is to try it and to test it. And um, Chris, you know this, but we get we offer a, a 30 day money back guarantee in our programs. And we, we really encourage people to use that, especially at this time, because we felt like, you know, we're nervous, like we highly expect people will enroll, maybe they'll give it a go, and then they'll just they'll refund. And we're like, Oh, well, shucks. But, but that's part of our model. And, and that we didn't want to change that. So right now we have people who um, yeah, we're going in there and they know that they've got at least a month to see like, is this viable? Do I even want to pursue it? Oh God, Kelsey talks a lot about cameras. Uh, I, I got panicked. I, I want out. So uh, we try and offer people some protections there there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you, you make a, a, a valid point there that you know, virtual tours uh, is not the, the only solution out there that may save a business or give them lots of revenue, but it's certainly possibly one avenue out of many that they need to take to make sure yeah. that they survive during this period. And I know maybe I've seen you need to do the time as well. multiple simultaneously mm -hmm. is the other thing too. You know, this is where I think the scrappy entrepreneurs that many of us uh, are and how we cut our chops and how we launched the, the businesses, uh, this is our time to, to shine. Um, I, the, you remember the story of the Airbnb founders? Uh, do you remember oh, yeah. um, early on, you know how they uh, they sold uh, cereal. Do you, do you know the broad strokes of that 
the story. So basically they had used maxed out all their credit cards, building the very first air bed and breakfast product. And they were based mostly around conferences. And so people would come to the conference, all the hotels would be booked up. So they would essentially got some of their friends and they put an air mattress in the spare room. People at the conference can overflow and, and stay there. Uh, anyway, so they were way in debt, you know, <laughs> some 25,000 on all these credit cards, et cetera, et cetera. And so they came up with this idea of, Hey, we just, we just need cash. Like if we, we're going to get through this stuff. We need cash. And so they bought a bunch of Cheerios. They bought a bunch of Captain Crunch. And this was a political convention. It was a McCain and Obama. So they had Obama O's and Captain Crunch. Uh, I forget Captain McCain, you know, a maverick in every box. So clever things. And then they literally were like glue gunning, putting things on. They had it as a collector's item. They sold them for $40 a cereal box. And then they just, they hustled, you know, they went to this conference convention and conference and they, we're able to earn, like, I think it's $30,000 just from that one project. And it was at a time when the Airbnb, you know, they had only made maybe $5,000 from the actual conference on their main core. And, and it's not about them pivoting to become a novelty serial company, but it was them having this sort of determination and grit and drifting, I guess, if you want to take the Fair Harbor angle, doing whatever it takes to to get cash coming in to find a way to provide a product or service that people need mm -hmm. or want uh, at this time so that you, you can survive and and i think that's the kind of scrappy attitude that you should take and whether that's doing an online experience or it's doing multiple things or keeping it far away from online experiences that's fine but i think that's the attitude that we we really need to embrace because there's some some tough times ahead for sure for sure so uh, do, you, do you feel those a certain type of tour business is best suited for virtual tours, or do you think anyone can pretty much put this together? Um, yeah, I mean, for everyone, it'll be an individual decision uh, for sure. The biggest, this is the other big assumption that people have when they come into this space, Chris, is they're like, well, you know, I run, uh, I had this conversation the other day with someone who does, uh, using all my UK examples, a, uh, a kayak operator who is in the Lake District. And he was like, Kelsey, how am I going to bring, you know, my kayaking experience or the outdoor adventure? sector you know the whole experience is wishing down a zip line or you know the adrenaline rush uh, or being on a kayak a beautiful sunset moment and i really challenged him on that i said well who says you need to create uh, some sort of online kayak experience we have another operator who actually built one of those but uh to really let go of that assumption and that what we're talking about here is launching an entirely new product um or service and it doesn't need to be identical or similar or necessarily even related. And so I, I talked about the Lake District. Um, I haven't been there myself, but I got the sense that, look, the first people who are going to be coming back to the Lake District, they're probably going to be coming in vehicles. And why not consider a vehicle-based online tour experience where you drive people to some of those beautiful lookouts over the lakes and you have some of your amazing guide team or even you yourself record some videos or experiences that they can have there. Uh, and then maybe have it end up right there at your docks and you can have something that they can do there, do something like walks did where, mm -hmm. Hey, this will also give you some credit towards, um, our tour. And then you've got a product that can kind of help you bridge the gap too, where maybe you're bringing new people from around the area who wouldn't typically have been your customers, but they're looking to get out of the house. They've got kids like you and I, and they're ready to pull their hairs yeah. out. <laughs> and so we got to find <laughs> something to do. And now I've got a family friendly maybe driving tour that you know here there's like all kinds of tools between google maps between having a place where people can watch these videos but then i love the idea of ending up in your your place of business and maybe you will be open maybe you can take small groups maybe taking 
fi private family units is going to be one of the first thing you can do. Normally you do group tours, but maybe you got to start with private tours. So we, we love those sorts of innovative solutions, but it really comes with dropping some of those assumptions that like, oh, I'm this type of tour business, therefore I have to create that type of online uh, tour. And for those other people that have had successful pivots, like, uh, like the, the um, Pike's Place Market example, I mean, that, that's just really getting into mm -hmm. um, food box. Like that's a, a you know, they, food tour experiences was their main thing. And then they got into like in-home delivery of artisanal items. I mean, this, this is a pretty big step over, but they've been able to have success. And with that, that example, they've been able to earn more revenue than they were with the food tour. They've actually surpassed because they went for the premium of the market, they're charging 200 bucks for these boxes. And we're seeing the same thing with um, people like Akila who did a food tour box idea, but in, layered on an online experience to have an upsell. And so now for 179 bucks, she's shipping all across the country. She's pulling back in all of her staff to help um, make these uh, make these <laughs> food boxes and get them out. And the great thing about that digital content is that uh, you, know, you get to sell it over and over again, if, depending on the model you choose. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Though, that there is, you know, we're talking about the food box type thing. You know, I, I, this is where I can see something like a virtual tour or online tour working well. You know, there's a, 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 actually a company we're helping um, just now in um, Belgium who, who, who runs um, Belgium beer tours. Um, yep. And what she's done is, is she's sending out, um, she, she luckily has a, a strong local domestic market, which is great, fantastic during this time. Is this um, so Lyssa Yes, it is. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, she's, she, she's, uh, she's in our seven-figure tour business program. I'm like, I'm starting to recognize Belgian beers. So, yeah. <laughs> great, great. So yeah, yeah, she's actually looking at rebranding the name actually at the moment. So, um, but she is um, sending out the beer boxes out to people within the local area, and when they get the box, that's when she goes on to a, a Zoom chat with those people who have bought that, and then talks about the beer, giving more of that sort of virtual experience. So that is where I can see more virtual experiences working well and that type of thing when it's mm -hmm. an addition to something someone receiving an item or receiving type, some other type of product i'm still not convinced yeah. it's something that someone would pay 10 bucks for and, totally. and just watch a video or watch something like that i think it needs to be added on to something rather than just being on its own yeah the um there was a great point it made me think of the um the other big thing that people kind of drop the ball on is like if if your online tour experience can be compared uh, easily to the experience of watching a YouTube video or a documentary, like you're also doing it wrong because you're really competing there with something that is free and widely available. But what YouTube videos and documentaries aren't uh, able to do is, uh, well, you could go the interactive route. So they aren't able to ask questions. You aren't able to customize the experience or maybe what you're showing in there. Think of an example of a retired couple in here in Canada who, you know, it was on their bucket list to get to Rome and they, they obviously had to cancel and so now they want a, a private tour uh with you know a guide with a smartphone once things kind of opening up in rome and we can go and see these fountains uh unbelievable fountains in rome with no bloody tourists i mean what an incredible value add and it's like mm -hmm. just direct private to them they could have them go around there's no reason that that type uh of experience should you know, resemble a documentary. And it could be, you know, you could imagine just like, I'm going to list off my facts and give you all the dates and not have much interaction. Like, whoa, that's just, that's just bad, creating bad tours. <laughs> we, 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 uh, much of what we do is coaching people on, on how to do that stuff better. Um, but the, the other thing is um, the experiences. So using the senses, people are like, well, I can't, how, how could I possibly facilitate an experience 
where people are using their senses and being engaged if it's pre-recorded. No, it's just got to be like a, a documentary. It's like, no, absolutely not. The Detour app, uh, I love talking about Detour. It was bought by Bose. So it's actually a bit defunct now or Bose is kind of sitting on that content. But I went on Detour tours. This was just a, if people haven't heard of it, it's a MP3 tour. They had some GPS technology that kind of facilitated the experience, really high production value. They, uh, some of those tours were better, substantially better than like the live guided tours that I went on in the same destination. And it was because of this big emphasis on creating experiences, on interactivity that had me going up and feeling the wall uh, for a piece of shrapnel. You know, this was a tour, I actually did one in Morocco. And so the big explosion square and so then I was doing this and then we went to the market and I was buying stuff and this was just an mp3 pre-recorded like getting me to smell things engage things facilitate an experience with a local person I mean this was a really memorable immersive experience so story focused by the way too it wasn't about the dates like this is when that building was built this is when this this too too many uh, guides and operators get really caught up and I'll have to shovel all this data into people uh, think experiences think stories that's that's uh, where I think the secret sauce lies. Another just quick example, Chateau Philly, they did wine tours. And so now they uh, have figured out how to do um, like a, I, I don't even know if they can deliver the wine in the state they're in, but they say, here's the store, you know, you can go and you know pick this up yourselves. Um, uh, there might be some harsher delivery laws there. However, here's what you do. Then they facilitate a whole wine experience where it's it's tasting, um, where you can smell. Another operator was doing this with, with coffee, and they just said, just use whatever coffee you got got at home. But we're going to go through how to make you know really exceptional uh, coffee. And Chateau Philly, when they launched, they said on their second day after launching this online experience, um, they had. Uh, two local businesses reach out and ask about, hey, could you do this as a team building event for our company? And she was blown away that basically with you know very little marketing effort, this was mostly just through obviously one or two word of mouth referrals, uh, the online experience was branching out into that corporate sector. And so that's, Chris, that's where I'm really interested is to see as all these companies in the larger marketplace are, are just coming off layoffs, are just you know dealing with the economic, their own uh, business issues outside of tourism, they're, they're going to be shell shocked. They may have had layoffs. They may meet like morale of their teams is going to be at potentially all time low. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think there's going to be a huge demand for those sort of online team building events or safe uh, team building events if we can find a way to do that in person. Obviously, with the local market rebound, but the uh, uh, virtual virtual events, I think, in the corporate sector, there's there's really quite a big potential there. And uh, people like Avital and Avital Tours, they're they're seeing you know a substantial enough revenue that she, as an operator that had three city locations through their virtual events, chefinars, and serving the corporate market, that uh, you know they're they're doubling down on it because it, it is getting revenue in the door right now. Yeah, interesting. No, really interesting. And again, I suppose it's. it's not dissimilar to someone doing audio tours. It's, it's, it's an extension to that as well, you know, in a sense, but it's you're doing it more visually as well. So I'm still not completely convinced with, with, uh, with no. virtual tours, but I do what, see... I do see What we need is numbers. Here's the thing. You know, here, here's the thing. A lot of people... This is why I think times are tough uh, and are going to be tough. People now, we hear the trend even in our marketplace, we're like, yeah, it's the local market. Um, it's going to be all the people that are pouring back in. And I mean, you, we've just got to keep things in perspective, like in the same way that online tours and virtual tours are not going to be the panacea. 
that local market and the notion of, yeah, there's going to be a big boom in people coming back in, just like there was a big boom in interest in online experiences. But it is, it's not going to be anywhere near the scale. I'm sitting in a city of Vancouver whose the international visitors to this city just drove the entire the entire industry and this is not we're not just talking tourism activity sector here i mean the, the restaurants the hotels everything and the the governments and people are talking about yeah like next until next year we're not going to be opening up the border to yep. international travelers and so even if you are putting the work now and lay all that groundwork out to accept and create incredible local experiences i mean competition is going to be fierce and it's going to be divided amongst um yeah, I guess the most innovative, the people who can do it best. And I think people can crush it and have success there. But to think that that's going to be the panacea and, oh, we'll just wait for that local tourism market to come back uh, or, or the demand to surge like it hasn't in the past, it's not going to be the panacea either. And so that's why we kind of keep that big mentality of, look, cash is king right now. And what we, what we hate to see is guides and tour business owners um, thinking that they can't serve people right now that are looking at, okay, I got to close up shop. I got to go get a job as a, you know, a delivery guy or go down and work at Amazon or whatever it might be uh, to, to really try and empower them to say, no, your, your skill set, what you're good at right now, you can find a way to serve people, but you've, you've got to, you've got to test, you've got to experiment, you've got to have a really tight feedback loop so you can find out whether you're serving the local market with in-person experiences you know, figure out who you're serving and uh, what do they need, what they want, how can you be there for them? And advisably, if you make that decision to go online, and if as long as you have that as your guiding principle uh, and some some real grit, I, th I think you can you can make it through this. We certainly know uh, we certainly know that we're going to be there to to help people do it. Yeah, no, that's that's it's, it's a it's a good take on it. I have to admit, um, I, I like the thought on that. So obviously, you have your own your own program for this for people anyone who is interested in virtual tours so how do they get into that how do they know more about that what's, what's the best place to go to yeah we, we can provide some links below you can check out the, the curriculum on the page um we have a free workshop as well chris i'll give you that link but essentially if you're just interested and in knowing a little bit more you don't want to make the commitment to join the program we totally get that so workshop might be a great first step or like we said in the program uh, we've got that 30-day protection. And like I said, we've got around 200 people enrolled and we're, we're seeing, I would say three or four have, have refunded to this stage. So, so people are giving it an honest go. And uh, I, I honestly love, you know, the, the voices that are out there that say, hey, we want to see some, some real numbers before we decide to make that plunge. And uh, so we might see uh, what I'm honestly anticipating is we've got essentially this group of, 200 plus people who are all uh, supporting each other, they're bringing things online, they're testing, they're pivoting, they're sharing their best practices. Like, yeah, I tried that, it flopped, <laughs> don't do this, or X, Y, or Z. And what we're excited to share is the results. And then that might be the thing that convinces people in a couple of months from now too. If we do see a, gosh, things coming back worse in the fall, or um, who knows what, um, borders taking longer to open, yeah. that, uh, that's that's when we might be that cash is is now running out and so we, yeah we'll, we'll see we want to help people pivot and serve no matter what that looks like but those are those would be two links that people can check out 
Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing that as well. No, if anything, although I have my reservations on virtual tours, if people can come out of this, you know, the ones that are on the programme, whoever's creating virtual tours, and be able to make money from it, you know, build up revenue and survive, then ultimately that's what matters the most. So I look forward to I look forward to seeing those success stories. So that, uh, can't wait till that. Comes yeah, out. And, and we just we really want to encourage people to be open with the, the books because we, we don't want to deal in the vagaries, but just say like, how much, how long did it take? How much time did you invest? What is the revenue that's coming in? And uh, and be just frank with people so they can get a sense. Uh, but obviously, you know, one person's great success or not success doesn't doesn't mean it's gonna apply to you. So everybody's gotta find their own way through this. For sure, for sure. Well, Kelsey, as always, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks again for being on the show. Um, and hopefully at some point in the near future we can meet up at another event. God knows when that will be, but hopefully hopefully not too much longer. So Well, talk talk about the often the events that we're meeting up at. We've now met at, at half a dozen or so, but even a rival, like you've got to look at a company like that. And if they don't want to run online conferences, they don't want to have their products and services online. But when I'm looking at we're doing and you know, talking to to the guys, Bruce and Douglas and Alex, they're they, they just have to pivot and be able to serve people online if they're going to survive and you know partners like us in the industry we we want to do everything we can to to help them survive but you know they're they're in the same boat as everyone else that hey this may not be the what we set out to do or want to do but it may be what we have to do yeah no well said well said well thanks again kelsey and uh hopefully like i say we can we can catch up again soon all right stay well be in touch soon you too you too see you. thank you well i hope you enjoyed that chat with kelsey um, it certainly did open my eyes to a few aspects, um, although I still do have my reservations on virtual tours. Now, I do believe virtual tours can be uh, of benefit and work well for businesses if they are part of an existing product. Like I mentioned with uh, Lisa Lott from beersecret.com, uh, she has a virtual tour but she sends out a beer box to those who are taking out that tour so they can then experience that beer uh, while she talks about the history, the tasting, etc., of the beer that they are having. That is where I see virtual tours being a success. Now, is virtual tours going to be a success if it's based on someone purchasing a product to see something, on, to see something online? Time will tell. I'm sure some will make that a success, but is it going to generate the income, the revenue people are needing now to make their business survive? We shall see. Um, but you know, I still have my reservations on it. Um, but one of the things I will say about virtual tours is even if you are producing content for it just now and it isn't a success, that does not mean that that time uh, has been wasted on the content. Now, that content can then be used for future marketing, for future video to lead people into actually taking out your products once restrictions are lifted and lockdowns are, are, are lifted, which for a lot of destinations, it's starting to look like that could be the case uh, from the time of filming and uh, time of, of doing this podcast. So virtual tours, I have my reservations. Um, I still think it's uh, uh, not a waste of time, but more of uh, something it's taking. A, it's more of a distraction, taking away your time from the things that you could be doing to make sure that your business survives. However, there are opportunities out there. Uh, and if it is something you're interested, you know, Kelsey does have those uh, courses that you can take on and a free course to see initially what it all entails. So it's worth having a look um, and just but just make sure that you have the time and effort to put into something like that uh, and make sure you do the research first to make sh- to 
be certain that your key demographic, whatever that is, is going to be interested in that type of product before you go down the route of creating all that, uh, all those experiences, etc. online. So I hope you enjoyed the chat. Hopefully, let me know if it's swayed you one way or the other, if it's opened up your eyes to virtual tours, and if it's something you think, yes, that could work well for you, or if you're like me, you think it only works for certain types of businesses uh, and maybe not for most tour operators out there. I would love to know your thoughts. Know your thoughts in the comments. Leave your thoughts on our Facebook group, on our website, etc., uh, and whatever happens, I hope you do get through this crisis. Hope you get through stronger, and let's all hopefully meet up again soon on the other side. So until then, stay safe, stay well, and hopefully see you on another digital tourism show.